Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So hello and welcome to the second edition of the My Life in Rugby podcast. My guest today is Jeff Neville, a.k.a. Loosehead, a man who perfectly represents all that is good in the modern world of sports coverage. Jeff has amassed quite the following on social media and on Patreon with a distinctively intelligent and rational form of analysis with a mix of fun in there as well. So welcome to the pod, Jeff. How are you getting on? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, do you enjoy the Six Nations the weekend? I enjoyed the Six Nations, yeah. Probably not as much as I enjoyed that intro. It's rare <laughs> that I get that, that number of compliments. But uh, yeah, it was a good weekend. I only saw uh, two of the games, really. I didn't really see the Italy game because we had our own. But um, I'll catch up on it over the next few days. I saw the last maybe 10 minutes or so. It's funny, I actually turned it on. There was a point between them. And... Um, I was texting a friend of mine just to say, kind of keep me in the loop. And so he, he said, point between them, whatever. Someone just, I can't remember who got the yellow, but someone just got a yellow. And I was like, uh, oh, Olivan, uh, was it? yeah, yeah, yeah. So he goes, uh, oh, point between them, Olivan just got a yellow. I says, oh, I have it on now. And literally Fran scored straight away and he just went switch it back off there. And I was like, sorry, <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if I was, I don't know if I was the, the voodoo for Italy now or what like but um no, I'll, I'll catch up on it I suppose yeah no it was it was some people were surprised at how good it was but I thought I thought it was quite good before before we get properly into it do you want to tell people a bit about yourself and your page and the the loose head kind of platform as you could call it now yeah sure um I started it off there um geez I don't know a long time ago uh just because I actually used to work in a boarding school and as a result, at weekends, I used to miss a lot of games. So um, I actually started it just to be able to discuss games and, and kind of see what was happening and stuff like that. And it just kind of, geez, I don't know, I must have said the right things at the right time or whatever, but it just kind of continued to grow a little bit. And um, that's it, really. Like, And that's the way I kind of still see it as, to be honest, is just a way to talk about the game, not to get too, like, I don't like the clickbait or I don't like the controversy or anything like that, just to kind of have... Uh, you, you kind of said it in your intro as well, like just kind of a balanced, like even look at things, um, you know, be it selection or be it a game or be it a tackle or whatever, just kind of look at it factually and be like, well, 
let's ignore the kind of hype around it and let's just have a look at it as as an event or as a as an action and, and kind of talk about it that way. Um, so it just kind of continued to grow a little bit, and um, I suppose again, it became something fun to kind of watch games as you know, like kind of to um to interact with people during games as well, and to uh, you know, as they happen to to discuss what's happening as it does happen and stuff like that. And it just, that that's essentially what I saw it as. It's a hobby, really, I suppose, and that just kind of grew a bit bigger than I thought it would. Um, but ultimately, it was for myself that I started it to kind of help myself talk about games and understand the game and that's kind of how I do still see it um, I see it as a way for me to to keep learning and to keep discussing the game and to get different viewpoints and opinions and ultimately you know that's what that's what you want you you want to be getting different viewpoints on the game and and what's happening and like I mean there's a there's a hundred thousand different people out there that you could pick and like some of them let's say if you look at three red kings or if you look at uh, Evan Kavanagh EK rugby um you look at Carrick Blake um, you look at Grant Davies, like all these people who, like I've only ever spoken to as a result of this page, but because of what they do, helps my understanding of the game massively as well. So it's kind of nice just to be part of something like that, really. To be honest with you, yeah, there's a bit of a, I suppose, a growing sense of a rugby community online, not just just fans, but you can sense it, you know, of analysts like yourself, pundits. You know, I write more article side of stuff than analysis, but it is kind of cool to see for such a small sport that there is still a sizable, a sizable market. Because some of the people who'd read my stuff would listen to your podcast. Like one friend of mine from the north who said that, you know, the provincial state of mind podcast is loved up there amongst his friend group of Ulster fans. And like it's it's easy to forget that, you know, you're three lads who support Munster and like to have this kind of overlap is is good because it keeps opinions fresh listening to outside voices as you said and i suppose for yourself starting from start from when you did as a hobby to keep it as a hobby as well is it probably helps as well in in some regard yeah no and, and like that's um that podcast there provincial state of mind we're we're just over about 13 months into it and um, we started in november of uh, or december of last year or two years ago I suppose at this stage um, but again that was just that was one day myself and Owen Harrison we were just sitting down kind of talking after doing another podcast and we said it's a real shame that there was no like I know there was under the sticks at the time as well but that kind of focused on every team in the Pro 14 and, or the URC or whatever it was at the time and we kind of said it's a pity that there's no just one for the provinces that just focuses on all four that's it nothing outside it um so that kind of became we we approached tom then as well and just said listen we're thinking of doing this do you fancy jumping in he said yeah um and that just became a little brainchild and as soon as we kind of said we'd started we recorded the first episode i think the next week and um it's funny now because you listen back to that first episode and it's real <laughs> like um there's no i suppose there's no crack at all there's no chemistry it's all very straight to the facts and you listen to it now and you're kind of like, there's some stages you're like, are we going to talk rugby at all on this yoke? You know? Yeah. So it's, um, that, that was just something to do. And again, like we, we often say it actually, funnily enough, just in terms of keeping it a hobby, we say like, like if, if it ever got sponsored or if we made money off it and that, that's great, like happy days. But we often say as the three of us after we record and it's, it's probably a good place to be. We say, even if we were just doing this for the three of us, we'd still do it because like we actually, 
we actually really do enjoy it. And sometimes we actually spend just as much time off air chatting away and, and, and dissecting it all as we do on air, you know, and afterwards as well. And it's funny because, again, the three of us never actually met in person when we started it. And, you know, we have since, don't get me wrong and all that. Like, But again, just to see how that's grown uh, from just kind of starting it off as a, you know, this is something I think that people would like to suddenly, um, I'm not saying a cult following at all, but there's certainly some listeners who kind of, you know, they'll, they'll tweet you a joke from maybe episode 25 or episode 30, a real niche reference. And you're like, if you didn't listen to that episode of the podcast, you, you won't get that. Like, it's not funny. It's, it's, um, you know, and, and oftentimes like my wife will say something to me, like, um, how does it go? And I'd be like, Oh, we made a joke about this. And she'll just look at me and I'm like, ah, if you listen to last week, you'd get it and et cetera, you know? So it's, 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 it's been good. Yeah. And it's, it's good to have that kind of outlet as well. And to be honest with you, again, it, it sharpens up my mind, something serious, because I mean, don't get me wrong. Life gets in the way. You don't always see every game and stuff like that. Like, you know, people have lives as well. Um, but even just chatting about it and getting a different, like, you know, Owen might say something or Tom might say something like we often joke about a script. We have like a running order. Like we'll talk about this game, etc but we don't actually talk about or we don't we never script the the minor stuff or the niche stuff so sometimes when that crops up then it forces you to look at the game differently or tom or own might say something that i didn't actually notice at all you know so it's in in that way like i'm still learning and uh you know i i'd like to think it, it is kind of a help for people to, to to keep not only an interest in the game but maybe to you know the following week they might see something we were referencing or talking about and you know be able to talk about it with their friends or or whatever it may be and again it's not always perfect um you know we make mistakes and we make errors beaten in stats or beating what happened or whatever um that's par for the course you know and where it's always going to happen but as a project anyway it's been thoroughly like it's been what maybe 13 13 and a half months maybe um it's actually kind of hard to believe it's been going on so long to be honest with you but um oh, it's, it's it's been very enjoyable really to be honest and that that kind of enjoyment it does come across, which is probably the biggest compliment you can give because you know there's there's ample choice of what you know between off the ball, forty two, independent, so on and so forth. And some of them are very enjoyable. Don't get me wrong; I'm not trying to slate them, but that is one thing about your podcast is it is it's a rugby podcast, but it it is that bit niche as well. There is that bit of crack, that bit of humor, and it it comes across, and it's probably. I, I'd say for quite a few people who do listen, that's probably one of the reasons they do. Yeah, and like, don't get me wrong, and there's been people in the past, like, you know, there might be 10, 15 minutes of chatting pure shite at the start, and some people have said, like, it's not for them, and they don't really enjoy that part, and they skip ahead, and like, to be honest with you, that's totally fine, like, I've no issue with that at all, like, you know, it's, it's different, different strokes for different folks, like, but ultimately, like, the three of us, we do it for free. And, you know, we do it for ourselves and we don't charge people to listen to it. It's, it's there if you want it or not. You can listen to whatever piece you want. And I think what's important is we kind of, we really do do it for us kind of a thing. And we do it because we enjoy it. And I suppose if we weren't enjoying it, it wouldn't, I don't think it would have gotten at half the following or kind of half the, the publicity or half whatever you want to call it, like as it does. Because like like I said, we do enjoy it. And I think that's a that's a big part that we're not willing to lose. Like, you know, just because someone says, Oh, I didn't enjoy the talking at the start. It's like, well, like I don't mean to sound bad when I say this, but like we're not getting paid for it. Like it's it's kind of something that we are doing because we enjoy it. So 
yeah. that that's why we do it if that makes sense yeah no it does and if it wasn't necessarily named in a rugby manner if it was just you know tom owen and jeff talks no one to give a crap if you talk absolute shit for the first whatever <laughs> of the time like, yeah 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 listen, some of the jokes are very funny and some of them are very dragged on but you're rugby people you're not going to be today you're not going to get everyone laughing in stitches but just I was I was going to talk about this at the start anyway, but you mentioned your um kind of your perception of games will change because you talked to Tom and Owen and you've had different people on. When you were because you coach as well at the same time, does that help you now when you're coaching? When you talk to these lads, does it kind of help you see things differently about maybe not necessarily how to train, but just how teams are doing things and different things? Yeah, it does. Um, it like it doesn't all transfer across because I think like you have to look at the level you're coaching and the level of player you have against the elite, you know. So like, if you know you're looking at that strike move that a lot of teams is probably the most favorite strike move in the world at the moment, you know, you have your kind of your block of four in the middle and there's options and angles and stuff. Like you know, you know, if you have a brand new player new to the game and you're coaching them, you're not going to be asking them to, to pick the best pass off off that, like you know, or you're not you're not going to be kind of going into massive detail around the lineout and stuff, but there are certain segments. Like I mean, if you look at the lineout, there's one lineout we like to run now at our club level, and we actually I I saw it in a in a Connacht game there about two three years ago, and that's how it got its name. Like we just call it Connacht because that's where we saw it, and it's a, it's a very straightforward move and it works really well at our level because of the defense opposite us, they kind of mirror what our runners do. So it makes it easy to exploit space. But again, when I first saw it, it was a case of, I saw it, I said, I like that. Um, I can't remember who I talked about it to at the time. Um, but, but like that, like, you know, something, something as small as that, just seeing how it could be applicable because it opens space in the same manner and how it mirrors your own game or, or kind of defenses at your level. It's kind of, it's dead handy that way. But, even other things like, I mean, I was chatting to Keenan Knox there not so long ago, about two weeks ago, about scrummaging, um, just tight head scrummaging. And to, like that's applicable at any level. So to be able to come back then and talk to our own tight head props and be like, okay, let's change this or let's work on this or let's focus on this. Like it, it's massive and it's a massive help for them then as well. It's, it's kind of like... Um, what you call it, like uh, CPD, like continuous professional development. It's like a very informal um, way of doing that, you know, rather than going to clinics and courses. It's just constant conversation with people who know more than you do. And like, there's some topics that you might think that you know a lot on. Um, and don't get me wrong, you might like and stuff, but there's always going to be someone who has that extra detail or has a different way of looking at it or says, you know, instead of doing it this way, why not try this way? Like even a friend of mine now, he coaches swords, uh, Rob Gilshanen. And like, uh, I'd, I'd say every time we end up getting together, we actually end up chatting about, you know, club rugby and how our teams are doing and stuff. And even one day he, he was having a problem with the, the defensive line out, I remember. And I just said, why don't you just drop numbers in your defensive line out and just leave two out the back? And like that, it was like a light bulb came on, clicked. He was like, I never thought of that. And then I was saying we were having a problem with something else and, and like that, he said, would you not try this? And like that again, light bulb moment. And it is like that, you know, chatting to, let's say Owen and Tom, but also to everybody else online that like even that I mentioned already or haven't, it, it is like an informal CPD. And 
it's 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 such a good little outlet to have to be able to say listen i have a question on this what are your thoughts and you know sometimes not every comment will maybe it might be 50 50 for helpful or unhelpful or you might get the odd comment that's kind of snide or just unnecessary or whatever that's par for the course as well but yeah. like a lot of the time it's very constructive where you can read maybe 10 replies get a better picture get a better better image of, of what you're trying to think of or what you're trying to say or what you're trying to do and and even if you take you know one of those or two of those i mean you're in a better place already so it's 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 great to have and, and like i said like i use it as a hobby but it's like it is it is for learning and, and improving the knowledge in the game because i mean it's always changing and with law trials law trials it's always changing and tactics it's always changing etc so it, it's good just to kind of to keep up with it but also to have that outlet to ask people and and to see like okay, even even just to say like i'm thinking this would you agree or disagree and why you know as, as long as it's constructive and, and as long as you can see the why or the reasoning behind it like it's, it's a great tool to have and like that it's just a really good informal source of of, of learning and, and developing yeah and that's and listen if you don't ask questions if you don't inquire you won't learn and rugby is a, a very complex sport and like for myself personally i never played the game at a serious level due to medical reasons but like you do kind of have to keep on top of it to to really know what's happening you do need to ask questions if if you want to actually study it in the detail that you do with your with your videos and that which i find very helpful and there's other people as well like um like ek and garrett davis as he said and like if you if you do want to follow it intrinsically it's good to ask questions it's healthy um but like uh, for you then would and you i i, I, I think as well ju just on that point you said like there is like i asked a question yesterday now and i kind of went down a rabbit hole and it was it was so niche and i'm kind of like okay i have an idea now but like it really there you you can ask a question of any level it doesn't matter how basic it is or how how like it could be something like why is there four defenders in the lineup when there's five attackers you know for for someone who may not understand that law and then it could be something as niche as like um I don't know, this player's footwork into contact, blah, blah, blah. You know, like there, there really are different levels that you can ask about. And it, like what I find is once you find the right community online, like if, if we're talking just like Twitter and Instagram and stuff, like once you find that community, it really doesn't matter how, you know, people often say like, oh, this may sound like a stupid question, but like there really is no stupid question. It's just like genuine question. What's the crack here? And you'll get so you'll get you'll get such a good explanation that you're like, like that was so helpful, you know, and and like everyone does it and it's brilliant, like, you know, and it, it's so handy. And, and sometimes I like to put up a little law video on Instagram and be like, what's the law here? Or or is this OK? And whatever. And throw up a suggestion box. And, I, and I'll always try and get back to everybody and stuff like that. But, you know, it, it's always interesting to see like people. Some people are spot on. Some people might think it's something else or whatever when it's not or whatever. But again ultimately it's just all about learning and, and being comfortable with being able to ask the questions i think and no more than because what it's going to go into is no more than maybe myself and some people listening and some people who listen to your your podcast interviews reach and are subscribed to your patreon you're a rugby nerd and you know in, in a good way of course like um when you were younger say going into playing and coaching was it always that or was it when you kind of took on this platform that it grew or were you always like 
really heavy detail into it. No, uh, anyone who's listening who knows me from when I was younger, like, yeah, I played in school and stuff, but like, I was, I was shocking. Like, I was not a great player at all. Um, and then as I got older, I got better. But I think I got better as a result of, of watching more rugby and, and getting into it more and understanding it more. But Jesus, like, you know, in, in terms of a career or playing the game or anything, like, I, I didn't play at any real high level at all. Um, but I suppose as I got older, I got into it more and kind of wanted to find out a bit more detail about it and I suppose stuff like that. But it's only when I kind of started coaching then that I've found kind of the devils in the detail and even little things like um, knowing the laws and stuff like that and, and knowing where you stand in regard to certain things. Now, it doesn't always come to fruition because, you know, sometimes, you know, it depends on the level you're playing at, obviously, but sometimes, you know, on the lower levels, it can be a case of you might you might actually be right, but the referee thinks you're wrong, and that's just taking it on the chin, you know, and, and having a chat afterwards about it. Like, but it, it's just kind of about recognizing what you can. I don't want to say get away with, but certainly where you stand. But I, I, that's what I found when the, when the coaching started. Really, I was like, okay, well, it's not just me playing the game anymore and, and listening to someone, you know, because. A lot of the time, players will listen to a coach and the coach will kind of say, like, do this, do that. We want to run here. And you run your lines or you, you know, you stand up in D or whatever it might be. And you're kind of told what to do, but it's only when you're telling someone and they say, why? You're kind of like, oh, shit, I actually, sorry, I didn't mean to curse. You're kind of like, um, you, you, have to, um, you have to know the detail and you have to know the why. And like, I mean, if I'm telling a player to do something and they say, why? And I'm not able to tell them. Like it doesn't really instill a lot of confidence in them either. And it also like, you know, the kind of the confidence in the play, I suppose, or confidence in me. But if you can say, I want you to do this because as a result, this happens and you're able to do this because this is the law, etc. It just builds confidence in the player than themselves. So I suppose in, in terms of studying the game and that, um, I would have watched rugby like growing up and stuff, but like that, I kind of would have finished watching a game and I said, geez, that's brilliant. Um, but I wouldn't kind of have looked at a certain aspect of it or I wouldn't have looked at a player or I wouldn't have looked at um, a tactic maybe that was working. Like, I mean, Sam Larner there did a brilliant thread on Twitter the last day about Wales kicking game and he broke yeah. it down and he, he did the, you know, he, he had the number of kicks they had first and then he had, okay, how many did they reclaim? So let's take those kicks out of it. Now they reclaim back these through a penalty, take these out, et cetera. So he, he broke it up. He broke it all down. And ultimately I think there was, I think it was there four or five kicks maybe. Um, but like, again, three of them were exits. And I think one was just outside the 22 and one was a cross field kick or something like that, or, or a chip through or something for a player. And he kind of said, well, People say Wales kick too much, but when you actually break it down, these are the only kicks they did. Their kicking game was actually very good. So, I mean, that kind of devil in the detail 10 years ago, I wouldn't have, and not that I wouldn't have cared, but I wouldn't have sought out that kind of information. But these days now, like that's kind of what I do look for. Because even with our own team, like we played a game there at the weekend. Um, we were lucky enough to come out on the right side of it, I suppose. But for one of the tries, like a player had to, had to reach, even though we had an overlap. And it's a case of looking at that and saying, okay, well, if we had an overlap, why are you getting tackled that far back? Like, are we not running hard? Are we not squaring up? Do you know, little things like that, I suppose, where, whereas before I would have been like, oh, try, brilliant. I wouldn't have looked at, okay, how can we make this easier? Or why did that kind of fail in that breakdown? So 
I suppose it's only since the coach, long story short, I suppose after the ramble, I suppose it's only after the coaching started that um, I started looking at the detail of everything a bit more. Yeah, and that's, I think sometimes you do need that kind of, <clears throat> as I said in the last question, being challenged to kind of open your mind. Because I remember, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry, I was doing, I was recording a game for a team before, and this was probably peak Joe Smith era days with Ireland where accuracy was so important and fitness and everything. And like that was kind of the buzzword at the time, you know, especially accuracy. And I remember at one stage, one of the tries they conceded, the ball and play time was something like four minutes on that particular segment, which at J1B or J1A is is quite heavy, like in any particular. And it's like, oh, well, that's probably why they scored it. Do you know, because yeah. that's where the mistake came from. And sometimes you just need to not think outside the box, but like sometimes you just need to apply what, what else is there into, into coaching as well. And I, you have to take on help as well, which is another. And that's, I was kind of going to ask as well, like when you started with the page, it was a means for you, but to kind of help it grow around them, was it more organic or did you, did you seek help and other people who were doing it at the time? Or uh, No, um, to be honest, like there was no real like, question of I want this to be bigger so what do I do like I, I never saw it out for it to be as I don't want to say as big as it is because I don't deem it big or anything like that um but I never thought okay how can I make a social media page and make it grow or whatever it was just a, a, a real organic thing now there's some areas um like Tom Savage from Three Red Kings like there were certain things I asked him about uh, Grant Davies. I would ask him about as well. Um, just little things like in regards to Patreon and stuff like that and, and trying to figure that out. But that was more kind of, um, I just didn't, I didn't know the, the lay of the land, I suppose, and, and just asked around there. But the, the two boys were hugely helpful. But in terms of actually just a social media page, no, it was just a case of I'll use it. And if people follow, they follow. And if, if people don't, they don't. And, that was it really to be honest yeah that's that's good and aware as well because the you know the first person i had on this was jack Carty, and i found he was very self-aware about his his career and even the fact here like well i never really thought about taking off but it did so with probably when it did because i i don't have the follower account on me but when it did kind of take off and all that there was probably an element of got people like what i'm saying you know in, in some regard yeah, no, there, there is a sense of affirmation, to be honest with you, um, and the sense of, uh, how would I say, I'm, I, f- I don't want to say I feel more assured in what I'm saying or anything, because, like, I mean, it's, it's measured. It, it, it's never, like, um, how would I say, it's never, she's controversial, or it's never, you know, something ridiculous just to get a draw or something like that. Like, I mean... Yeah if you're looking at a game or if you're looking at like even there the last day, like a lot of people were talking about Jamie Osborne starting for Ireland against Wales. And I just kind of said, well, listen, if you look at it factually and if you look at the odds and stuff like it, it's not really adding up. And you know, that's all I said, like, you know, and some people liked it, some people didn't, that's fine. But I mean, even without the following, I'd still think that way, you know, but at the same time, would I would I say that just because of the following I feel like I know more to be honest which absolutely not because like I know 
more as a result of listening to others and, and talking to others about the game. The following is just a result of, I suppose, a platform. But I certainly wouldn't put my own worth or worth knowledge worth or anything like that. It, I wouldn't equate it with a social media following, if that makes sense. Like if I woke up tomorrow and I had a thousand or a hundred followers, yeah. like it doesn't, it doesn't change how I think or it doesn't change how I look at the game. You know, it's, it just, it's one of those things. Yeah. And it is just opinions as well. You're not seeking out. That's one thing I said in the intro as well. You're not seeking out that kind of clickbait luring people in. And it, no matter what you say, some people will always accuse you of baiting people in. You could say like the JB Osborne thing. I don't agree that he'll start because McCluskey and Aki are two top players, which they are. And someone could very well seek it out and be like, oh, you're just trying to get people talking about it. You're not. But, and yeah, and, and that does happen sometimes, especially like, especially when it ha- you say it about your own team. Like, I see you there, you're wearing a Munster jersey. Like, if I had said Rory Scannell would start ahead of him, like, yeah, that's obviously clickbait or obviously just put, putting out, putting, I don't know, putting a fire out there because like he's not even in the squad. Like, but I mean, when you're talking about players who aren't in your own or aren't from your own team, let's say your own provincial team, like there can't be any bias there. It's just, it's just kind of logic, you know? And it's kind of, if you're looking at it from a pragmatic point of view, if Jamie Osborne got in there, yeah, it'd be brilliant and stuff. And don't get me wrong, like I've never met him. I'm not against him. I'm just saying I didn't think he would start against Wales. And, but like, if he did, like happy days like it's one of those things where you're happy to be wrong because it's a great chance for him like but at the same time it's again it's just it's just you saying i don't think he will and that's that's it really like there's no there's there's no controversy there i suppose yeah and with with the page then because i so i recommend following your page since about 2020 there thereabouts i'm I'm not 100 sure like to be honest because i use twitter an awful lot less then than I do now um was there ever was there a moment where you kind of felt like this is gaining traction like was it Six Nations time World Cup time anything like that or was it just kind of just went its own way no it just kind of like it gets busier at certain times like it'll get busier around Six Nations time obviously and and I mean like I saw a stat there the last day I think it's like 30 times the number of people will watch the Six Nations than they would watch the Premiership so, I mean, with that comes traction, you know? So, yeah. I mean, it, it's a case of like, um, that's, just, that's just because you're maybe casual or I suppose bandwagon fan are on Twitter, but probably not following rugby articles or following rugby pages maybe. So suddenly when a big tournament comes around, like um, it does get busier. But in terms of any moment where it took off, and, uh, no, it was just just literally just using it and um again like i said for my own reasons like um like i started it to learn about the game and to talk about the game i stuck with that and that's all i use it for and it it just kind of grew like there was no real eureka moment or anything like that i suppose if i was looking at it as a as growing a social media page or something there might be but um I wasn't, you know, that kind of way. So I, I, yeah. I never really looked at it at, at that in, in that kind of sense or in that kind of light. And maybe that's where my, not ideology, but my viewpoint would be different because I'm going out there and I'm trying to build a blog page and just 
just something to, to talk about and people can comment back and whatever. So I do check the stats on, on different ones and see what's doing well and whatever else. And I know for your own podcast, you'd be able to check the stats and different things. But I suppose if you're not, probably not, probably not goal focused with it. Like you're not, I'm trying to reach 100,000 followers. I'm trying to reach a million followers. It's probably not that big of a deal. But then as well as that, it kind of doubles back to the earlier point. It helps with the enjoyment. It helps to keep it a hobby then and all that when you're not searching for a number, essentially. Yeah, and like you, you, you're bang on the money. Like, I mean, if you, if you look at PSOM, we, we check not every week, but like maybe every couple of weeks, we'll check to see is it growing? Is it steady? Is there, you know, is it, is it declining or whatever? Like, um, and we wouldn't get too hung up on the numbers. It's nice when you hit um, a milestone, you know, and it's not that we celebrate it or anything, but you know, like a little milestone like this, like there, the last day, an episode we did two weeks ago or a week ago became the most listened to episode. So, I mean, it, it was nice that. The, it, was, it was nice to acknowledge that that podcast is growing that way organically and naturally but I mean we wouldn't have sought out to say like let's make this the best episode we've ever done you know yeah. it was it, it just kind of like I said it just happens and it's it's nice to acknowledge when it does happen don't get me wrong like I mean you, you kind of say Jesus you know 20,000 fans or 21,000 fans you're like or followers fans as I followers you're kind of like um you know it's it's nice and it's like you said there's a little bit of affirmation there like but i don't know like just personally i wouldn't get tied into equating one with the other you know yeah well there could be always like take twitter for example now that you can see how many people see something there could be a lot of people seeing it who would just go the loose head talking about say oh i don't know random example here's why Ian Henderson could do against France, say, because he's a big second row type. And they could scroll on because they've absolutely no interest about oh, yeah, yeah, second yeah. row type of stuff. And like there is that too. That's where the numbers are. Like the old saying, yeah, numbers are out of context are nothing. Do you know? Like that's yeah. it. And for you then, because you're I, I know it's it's less so on Twitter now, but you do an awful lot on Patreon of taking clips of games and analyzing them in particular, and as a small bit on social media as well just because it came up yesterday I decided to throw it in have you had any difficulties with rights restrictions and all that and is it frustrating when you're just like I just want to talk about one singular instance and yeah <laughs> yeah no it is it is a bit frustrating um like I on one hand I get it like you know there there's broadcast holders it's a business etc like I I you know it's not lost on me like but I think I really do think like a lot of people rugby are just missing a trick like I mean over the last couple of days there's been a lot of videos taken down because of uh rights etc and it's really educational stuff like you look at Brett Ego you look at um uh I think the DK have a video taken down I'm not too sure um Jared Wright had a video taken down and it, it's it's real like educational stuff that helps you understand the game and it like it breaks it down so well and not only that but like i mean like international rugby can be such a complex thing to follow because of tactics etc and if you're if you're new to the sport the best way to help people enjoy it is to understand it and if you're being inhibited in that if you're not being allowed to help people understand and enjoy it ultimately i think rugby is missing a trick there to be honest um and especially like 
it's finished. You know, it's not it's not like a TV show that you know people haven't seen yet, or it's not like a movie that's in the cinema that you want to keep under wraps because people can't like the result is out. That's never ever changing. It's done. Yeah. So like, if you score a try, like you, that's that's finished. It's like it's done. It you know. Yeah. Um. So I kind of think like, yeah, it can be frustrating at times. Um. But it's just par for the like at the moment. It's just par for the course. Um. But ultimately, I I do think like if like the URC is excellent. The URC is so so good. Like um, I've gotten in touch there with Adam Redmond a while back, and you know it, it's okay to use URC footage and. You don't have to kind of convert it to a GIF or anything like that. It's just if you now you do have to be careful with the South African games and stuff. Um, so that issue is still there. But I mean, like if Leinster are playing Munster tomorrow, you can sit safely in the knowledge that the URC are happy to let content creators use their stuff to help educate people and grow the game. There's absolutely no question. But it's it's other, I suppose, businesses and outside businesses that that hold the broadcast rights for other competitions like that's when the, the issue kind of arises. But I mean, the UR, like I can't say enough about the URC. They're so good. Um, and there's they even have you can sign up for for an email list and stuff where they, they help you. They even like it gives you stuff to look out for yeah. um, in games, too. So like it's it's very very good but it can be very frustrating especially around six nations time and like i said i mean you look at the number of people watching the games in comparison to club games or provincial games or whatever like it's it's massive and it's such a huge opportunity for the six nations and like i mean like tiktok's a massive sponsor like so i mean if you're being sponsored by something like tiktok why not say to content creators even if it was one game or one weekend you could say these three games or these this one game whatever it might be feel free to use as much of it to to put out etc 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 and help grow the game and like something something as small as that would make a huge difference but it's all money at the end of the day and ultimately it's a business and you know i, I get i get it i fully understand it but it, it can be a little bit frustrating when you're just like i just want to show someone's footwork into context you're like yeah. oh can't you know and you're like that makes no what difference is that going to make you know or you look at someone who scores an unbelievable try with an unbelievable finish, like a real athletic aerial finish or something. You're like, if you could just post that and say, this is the game, someone will see that and be like, geez, that's unreal. I'll watch that now the next day. But you're punished for it. It, just, it doesn't really add up, you know? It's, it's essentially free advertising that someone's saying no to. Yeah, it's weird. It's, it goes against the growing the game mantra when you're, when you're striking it down. Because that fandom of try, like it's, it's one of the best tries of this tournament and of the last number of tournaments, he took it brilliantly. But the idea that possibly thousands, possibly hundreds of posts were taken down and related to it because of rights restrictions is a bit like, come on, let's. And, the, and the, the, even the other side of it, like that's the entertainment side, but like from an educational point of view, I'm pretty sure like when content is used for educational reasons, let's say if you're looking at movies or if you're looking at, music and stuff now i could be wrong but i'm nearly sure when it's used educationally it's fine you can use it away so i mean you are you technically using it for educational reasons like you look at that van der Merwe score and the ball transfer he has to fend off dombrandt just straight away after getting tackled by i can't remember who's tackling him but like he's getting tackled low he survives that 
transfers the ball and 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 um and hands off Dombrand. And even if you're a coach who just wants to highlight that, be like, this is why the ball transfer is important because he wouldn't have scored it otherwise. Yeah. You, you can't, you know, and it is an educational thing. But uh, yeah, again, like it's just a little bit frustrating, but I suppose par for the course, isn't it? Yeah, I suppose the one thing is it, it affects everyone. So it is a little bit of a leveler that way. But We interrupt the interview briefly for a word for our sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by M6 Motors. Located in Bandeslaw in County Goa, M6 Motors brings a combination of value and innovation to their renowned car sourcing. With unbeatable quality, prices and service, backed up with a name you can trust. You can call them on 090-96-45801 or follow them on social media at M6 Motors on Facebook or Instagram or call in store today. Now back to the podcast. A big thing of what you've said so far and even the stuff that you, you post is kind of the the education of the game. And like you've done a lot of interviews, not all of them are specifically education, like the one with Keenan Knox, that kind of seminar style one, like that was really, really good. But take the um uh take like one with Jan Blind, for instance, you know, um just because that was one that was one I enjoyed. Like, do these interviews help you? Not not solely like from an education standpoint, but just like are there something you can sit back and you say, "Is I'm proud of them because they went well and people will enjoy them." Oh yeah, hugely. And to be honest with you, um, I wouldn't do, I wouldn't ever have ever done a podcast ever if it wasn't for a friend of mine, Kev Shortall, who said, "Would you do one?" And I said, "No." And then he just said, "Should do it for yourself. Like if you enjoy it." and fuck it like that's the main thing like you know and uh it's when he said that i was like you know what yeah so that's why i actually started it was it was it was again for myself and and you're right like not a lot of them are educational but like i mean you you take that client episode just for the sake of argument like i remember asking him about social media and stuff around the time he got selected for the the world cup in in 2019 because that was something i was interested in you know or you look at even some of the educational ones, like um, you look at Ben Ryan or you look at Andy Friend and, and stuff like that, where it is very, you know, it, it, it's, it's focused on a certain topic. Like it's a topic that I'm interested in and that I want to know more of. So, I mean, yeah, well, it's great that other people listen and find them helpful and find of a benefit and maybe entertaining. It's ultimately like if I didn't enjoy it, I wouldn't do it. Because yeah. I mean, what's the point? Like, um, so it's 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 like I said, it's it's for my own learning a lot of the time. You know how to deal with players or how to deal with a situation or be an on field or off field or even just wanting to know more about the mindset uh, required to play or whatever. Like it it was it it was for me that I did it kind of a thing and like that. It was like I I remember that there's a lot of interviews that after I finished. You know, my, my wife would often say, like, did you enjoy it? And I said, oh, geez, yeah, I really enjoy that chat now. Like, And again, like a very privileged position to to be able to do it and to and to chat to these people. Like, but ultimately it's a, it's so I learn or I enjoy it. And again, if other people do that's that's a massive bonus. Don't get me wrong. But I mean, I do it for my own learning and education and, and enjoyment. But like they don't, they don't all go to plan. Don't get me wrong. 
like there's been one or two where afterwards you're kind of like it's not really what I wanted or it's like I didn't really learn much there but like again literally maybe one or two but again that's like when you when you look at the number that's been done you know just to have that that little small tiny little number it's it's not a bad place to be in but um yeah it, it is just for me and my own enjoyment and learning and to be honest if I didn't enjoy it I I, I flat out wouldn't do it uh to be honest with you yeah that's fair just because it's bugging me have you a favorite interview or a, a number of favorite interviews so I don't have you picking the favorite child situation um I don't have a solid favorite but like I always give up like I actually get asked this a lot but um I always kind of give a politician's answer like they're they're good for different reasons if you if you know what I mean like um like if you're if you're chatting to Pat Lamb like I suppose just chatting about we we chatted just about pillars you know like um and love being a big one and you kind of left that with a real sense of I'm going to love people like I'm going to love my team love is the way but then like after chatting to let's say Andy Friend about recruitment and selection and 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 talking to players who aren't selected you're kind of like okay I'm going to be more emphatic and I'm going to be more understanding um chatting to Ben Ryan and he talks about different sports and learning from different sports you're like oh I'm going to go watch basketball right now Do you know like it it makes yeah. you kind of think differently but ultimately um I don't think I have a favorite I don't have one top favorite I don't think I have a large number of people who I spoke to that I didn't think I'd ever get the chance to speak to um like I mean like there, there's some people whose books I've autographed inside from when I was a kid and or even when I was younger like and suddenly you're speaking to them on a on a personal level like and you're you're just kind of like I did not think I'd ever get the chance to do this you know so that from that side it's, it's quite it's quite difficult I suppose that to there's a moment kind of when you when you see their name enter the waiting room and you're like you fanboy a little bit you're like okay I'm gonna I'm just gonna get this over <laughs> I'm just gonna get a little bit excited now for a minute and <laughs> jump in I'm just gonna be like hello how are you Keith? blah 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 but there certainly is an element like there's a there's a huge element of excitement still like regardless of who I'm talking to because I'm like I get to talk to someone who I'm going to learn from here like or I've always wanted to speak to here so yeah uh, I, I I've no one set favorite or the list of favorites would be very very long to be honest with you as well but um there are certainly some episodes that I even do find myself going back and listening to just because there's lots of little nuggets in and and um you know there, there's things you forget as well like I, I'm a big believer in a fellow by the name of Dan Moore he he I used to to work with him um, he's an SNC coach and he, he kind of hit the nail on the head one day about kind of, you know, webinars and seminars and everything. He was like, if you do 10 of them, you don't have to retain every single bit of information from all 10. If you take one or two nuggets here or two or three nuggets here, whatever it is, and you just come away with little nuggets that you can add on, like that's how you continually develop. It's not a, a be all and end all. It's not like I'm going to take a hundred percent of what you say and incorporate it because that won't work. You know, it's, it's taken a phrase or it's taken a practice, maybe that, you know, maybe not a big one or maybe kind of a slightly big one and just saying, I'm going to start incorporating this, but, but a different spin, you know, it's, it's, it's just continually developing that way, you know? So, um, it's, it's been great to chat to so many people. 
um i kind of i you you kind of think back to the first day like and you're like oh, i wasn't even going to do this and then you look at who you chat to or who you have gotten to chat to so far and you're just kind of like jesus like what a what a really privileged position to be in to get like because like like i'm a nobody like i'm just sitting in my spare bedroom just wanting to learn uh so i can you know get better at coaching a team that probably nobody outside of our competition has heard of like do you know, do you know that yeah. kind of way like ultimately in the grand scheme of things like i am but a fleck of dust but it's great to be able to chat to those sorts of people and like that kind of excitement and stuff yeah like you get excited because of who they are and stuff but you're also very excited because of the position you're in and and, and you get to chat to them you know like um i remember reaching out to sean edwards and um just asking would he be interested and like i mean i would have grown up watching his defensive side for wasps and whales etc like and, and suddenly you're you're talking to him about it and you're like Do you know what this is this is wild like it's <laughs> You know, it's it, it it's it's mad that it goes that way, but um, you know it's great. a funny story about Sean Edwards actually. Like um, when when I asked, he said, "Yeah, no problem." And I said he was over in France at the time, and I said, "What time suits you?" And he said, "He said nine o'clock at night, your time." So I was like, um, "He said nine p.m. your time." So I said to myself, "Geez, you know that that's quite late for him in France. I would be like, you know, eleven-ish or whatever." I said, are you sure? He said, yeah. I said, okay, yeah, no problem. I'll, I'll talk to you then. And whatever on the day, maybe two or three days later, I was sitting down having breakfast downstairs. It was during lockdown. And uh, I was sitting down having breakfast downstairs. And like that, it was about like maybe 10 past nine. And I got a message from Sean Edwards. And it said, um, just said, you're late. <laughs> it's like, I was like, hang on a second. Like, you know, I was a bit like, because I'm always conscious of the time. Like, I'll always make sure. Yeah. And it just said, you're late. And I kind of said, oh, shit. You know, I was like, oh, no. So I looked back up the messages, but there it was. It said 9 p.m. So I just replied and I said, sorry, you said 9 p.m. And all he wrote back <laughs> meant a.m. And I was like, okay, so I guess I'll go fix this. Do you know, <laughs> Do you know that kind of way? And even like, I've never worked under him or I've never been coached by him, obviously, or anything like that. But I got a sense of straight away, this man who I've never spoken to, just a text where he just said like meant AM. I'm like, I'll go fix that. No problem. Sorry. <laughs> so you can, you can kind of imagine how his players feel playing under him. Like, you know, so um, that, was, that was a good, that was a good start to the day, but um, no, a real, a real privileged position to, to get to chat to these people. Like, and again, if, if I can ask questions that other people find benefit in, it's a, it's a real bonus, you know? Yeah. And funnily enough, you end on Edwards because a little bit tight in time, and I do want to touch on the Six Nations briefly. So Ireland, at the time of we're recording this, and the time this goes out, Ireland played France at the weekend. It's billed as a Grand Slam decider, and the, the old Irish in us doesn't like that in round two, or maybe it's just me. But for, for that game, like France conceded 18 penalties the last day. Ireland were brilliant for half an hour. Kind of just went into, as I called it, energy saving mode for the rest of the game. Are you not fearful? Because you have to have a little bit of jeopardy and fear in a game like this. But how do you see that one going in particular? Um, I, th I think Ireland will win, uh, to be honest with you. Uh, the 18 penalties that France conceded against Italy 
I think they'll be glad that that happened round one and that they can go away and have a look at it. Like if, if everything was fine round one and then they came against us and, and conceded 18, like I think it would be a different story. Um, yeah. So I think they'll be quite glad that happened back then. France will obviously be a test, but I think you have to look at this Six Nations and people probably won't like this and that's fine. But yeah, you have to win now, I think. And winning's a habit. And I don't think you can look at if let's say if Ireland lose, like I don't think you could literally go up to any of those players and be like, sure, listen, the World Cup's around the corner, don't worry about it. Like it's France at home and the Six Nations. Like you, they want to win that. Um coaches obviously want to win it. I, I, I do believe that winning is a habit. Um like the longer you can stay in that habit, the better. And be it winning very, very well or be it winning a game while playing poorly, it doesn't really matter. Like as long as you're winning, it's a habit. Um, I think Ireland will win it, to be honest with you. I think that if they are serious about going into the World Cup and winning the World Cup, they, they, like you need to get used to just winning on the bounce um, and not relying on winning a, a tournament by losing a game in, in, in the meantime, you know. But... I do like Farrell's kind of uh, approach in re- in regards to chaos. Like even the bus to the bus in Italy was a bit late, or in Wales, sorry, was a bit late there last weekend, and he was kind of like, "It's a pity it wasn't twenty minutes late." Like I do, I really do like that approach of em- embracing the chaos because I mean, it's something that we actually try and practice uh, at our own club because I mean, sure, like anybody who's involved in amateur rugby at any level will know match day does not go as you fucking like it does not go as you think it's planned like someone will text you that morning or someone won't show up or someone will be late or you know you 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 might think you're on the first pitch and then you're on the third swamp whatever you know it's it's a case of just adapting and thinking to yourself you know what it doesn't really matter like all you can kind of control is yourself so I really do like that kind of approach that Farrell is bringing and Again, you think back to, was it Scotland, I think, Ireland played under Schmidt and they were late 15, getting to the stadium. 15, yeah. Was it? Yeah, and they were, they were late getting to the stadium and it was this big, oh, Jesus, we were, fucking, I don't know how late or whatever it was, like, where I think Andy Farrell would be like, well, we're still at the stadium. You're the same player you were when we left the hotel. What's the issue? You know, so I, I do like that kind of mindset. And I do think you need that because heading into a World Cup, I mean, we saw what happened against Wales with, with, um, well, Tyg Furlong was out anyway, but we saw um, Keane Healy was ruled out and we saw, geez, how can, why can't I remember who else was Gibson ruled Park. out? Gibson Park, that was it, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, on the day of the game and it was kind of like at that level, it just, well, I, I think at every level, it kind of just needs to be a, well, next person in kind of a thing. And, you know, it, it happened against Wales round one of the Six Nations where just before the game, you lose two players. At least when you go to a World Cup, if that happens before a quarter final, well, you've done it. You, you've dealt yeah. with that chaos and you've dealt with that um, last minute change and it, it doesn't really change anything. It doesn't change your mentality or it doesn't change the process or anything like that. So it's, I, think it, I think it's a good challenge. And even if you look back to the autumn against South Africa, um, Furlong, Murray and... McCluskey were all gone off the pitch by half time. So I mean you've lost one of the best tight heads in the world, a very, very good experience nine. And 
Henshaw was injured, so McCluskey was called up. Suddenly, you're losing kind of your second choice. Um, you're losing your second choice twelve, and suddenly you're kind of thinking, okay, this, you know, you've lost th- three of your bench yeah. well before you you were you were thinking of bringing them in. So they still won that game, and they still grounded out. And I know, like you know, you can talk about a missed kick from Willemson and stuff like that. Don't get me wrong, but ultimately they won the game, but dealt with that chaos. So. I really do like the way that Farrell is bringing that in and, and kind of embracing it um, and just getting comfortable in it. But uh, I think you'll, you'll need a good bit of that against France, just being comfortable in chaos uh, to beat them. But I, I, yeah, I, I'm tipping Ireland anyway, I yeah. think. I think yeah. it's, it's easy for me to say. <laughs> um, it's, easy to say on Tuesday. it's easier to say on Tuesday than it is on the... On that's it. That's it, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it's funny, it's funny you say that because I'm of the belief that Ireland's big thing in 2019 was they had so many injuries in that Six Nations and didn't deal with them and lost momentum. Just as much as that, yes, they were found out from a tactical point of view, but like they went to Rome and had kind of like half of, half of their first choice starting pack and half of their replacement pack and they scraped over the line and things like that, they seep in. Whereas now we head into this game where there'll be no Gibson Park, no Furlong, no Henshaw <clears throat> and no Keen Healy. That's about 300, 350-odd apps of experience. They're playing a French team who they haven't beaten under Andy Farrell slash France under Fabien Galtier, but they're at home and they ha- the last time they lost at home was against France behind closed doors. There's so many different things. I mean, you, as a coach for yourself or for someone who follows the game intrinsically or just follows sport, momentum is so important. Cohesion is important, but as Andy Farrell says, dealing with the small setbacks that shouldn't be massive is kind of how you should, that's how you progress as a team. Do you know? And that's why I do have confidence in this team doing well. If the World Cup draw wasn't so skewed, I'd have even more confidence. But I do have confidence in them. I do have confidence in them delivering what they want to deliver. And Anthony, you know, like I, I wasn't too confident at the weekend because I thought, God, Gatland is just going to have Wales fired up. Didn't make a difference. It was 14-0 after eight, minute, eight and a half minutes. That's what this team can do. And that's why, like I'd be in the same boat, I think they'll, I think they'll win it. Do you, think, do you think they'll get a Grand Slam or is it way too far? <laughs> we're, we're only three days removed from the first game of the Six Nations. Yeah. Um, well, you just look at, if we beat France at home, you look at Scotland, if they can, like... I don't think they've won the first two games. Um, Scotland, like, I don't think they've won the first two games of the championship in a very, very long time. We France at home. England will, you know, the last game, so they have four games to put, you know, put things right and, and, and to try and fix things as well, you know. So I think that there is a grand slam in this team. I, fu- I fully believe there's a grand slam in this team. Like, you look at it on paper. Um, if Furlong is back for the end of it, etc. Even if Henshaw's not back, to be honest with you, like you look at McCluskey and Aki, um, you look at even if Gibson Park is is out, you you still have Murray, you still have Casey. Like, yeah, it's there. There is depth there. Like you know, um, the, I know the question around Sexton's still there. You know, what if he gets injured? But like, I mean, he missed Australia. Um, still managed there. Um, against an opposition like. South Africa or France, how would we get on without Sexton? Like that's a, it's a very different question, I think. Um, but I, I do think there is a Grand Slam in in Ireland. Like, um, I think they will be aiming for a Grand Slam. To be honest with you, um, again, 
this the old Irish mentality I think of um oh you can't say that and and, and stuff like I mean if you don't want to win why are you playing um yeah. that's kind of the way I'd look at it but it's um it'll be interesting to watch it's it, it's fallen well for Ireland uh, I wouldn't mind if that England game was wasn't last I wouldn't mind playing them after losing to Scotland maybe or something but um it'll be interesting it'll be interesting to see how Scotland keep up as well like I know we've Scotland away as well and we've Italy away um in, in on February 25th but that Scotland away game now you know they'll be buoyed after winning and tweaking them can they keep up that momentum and stuff see that as a, a home game that they can target as well but ultimately if you're if, if you want to win a world cup like you have to beat the best to be the best and this is a really really good chance to kind of dress the rehearsal that and just say it doesn't matter where we go or who we're against if we're home or away or who's like who's slatting in at three or who's slatting in at nine mm-hmm. like we're going to win this you know um so i do think there is a grand slam in ireland yeah yeah and funnily enough i so i would have said beforehand i i remember saying like it is not necessarily about we have to win a title simply because at the end of the day like you know Ireland went to Paris last year played very well for 60 minutes but Antoine Dupont does what he does for 20 minutes and it's the deciding of the game and that you know that first that start to the match and that was kind of my opinion but then I listened to an interview with Will Greenwood and he kind of said the time for Ireland to win is this year the time for France to win was last year because the Six Nations home advantage is so important like the last last weekend was the first time we three away wins on the opening weekend. It's not something that happens every every tournament that we have all away wins. And now looking at it, I'm like, yeah, maybe that's maybe that's all it is. Maybe just having France at home, having England at home, getting over the the Welsh game, maybe that'll be enough. And do you know what? If if they lost the quarterfinal by a point after winning the Grand Slam don't really care they've won a grand slam do you know like you have to celebrate yeah, well, that too you do you do like and, and people who say like they're willing to sacrifice a grand slam or they're willing to sacrifice the six nations to the world cup like i firmly disagree like i mean you look at the money that the, the senior men's game brings to rugby in ireland like and i think it's something like 80 percent or something of it comes from the men's senior side you also look at a player's own objectives like i mean like you look at someone like, I'm trying to think here now, someone like Stuart McCluskey, for sake of argument, right, who has been so incredibly patient in getting kind of another chance with Ireland, etc. Took it well during the autumns. He, he's, he was in there against Wales. I don't know about France, like, but I mean, he, he is creating opportunities for himself and he, he's finally back in there. Could you turn around to him and be like, are you willing to sacrifice the Six Nations for the World Cup? And he's like, well, hang on a second. Like, why, why would I? I mean, it's taken me so long to get back into the team. No, like, I want to win. And ultimately, every player wants to win. It's why you play the game. And sacrificing one for something that's six months down the line, like, or seven months down the line, it just doesn't add up for me. Like, I, I also think that the, the experimentation is pretty much finished. Like, um, if, if you were to name a World Cup starting team tomorrow, you know what it is. And yeah. you look at New Zealand there back before they won the World Cup in 2011, the, the, tour, they, they, the tour they did of Europe, let's say, um, three games of that, they slightly changed for that Scotland game. But the, the games before that, it was a 
fully started, fully loading team. They were like, this is how we'll see it'll be during the knockouts of the World Cup. We need to see, can we go three in a row? Like, so yeah, I, I don't see a difference there, to be honest. And that's that's where the whole momentum thing comes back in again, isn't it? Because it's, we have to pick up. You have to remember how to win because winning is a habit as much as anthem. And you have to know that, you know, like back against the wall, can we do it two weeks in a row? Can we do it three weeks in a row? Ireland do have an advantage at the World Cup where they've two weeks, they have a weekend off after the South African game. So like if there's a minor injury, you might be okay, you might survive. They, they could get, they should be back for a quarterfinal per se. And like that's that's huge. And as well as that, like so much talk about injuries and everything. Name the last team that won Anthem without uh, their main man. New Zealand 2011 did, but when you've got Carter injured, but you've got McCall, Reed, Nanu, Smith, you could basically name that team. Like I was only 10 years of age, I could still name that team. Yeah. That was a phenomenal team. It doesn't happen very often either. So, like, and when you think about it, like if you look at New Zealand in 2011, they won that game with their fourth choice 10. Yeah. So, like, I mean, you lose your. You lose Dan Carter. Yeah, obviously, that's massive. They lost Cruden. They lost... Um, Slade. Yeah, Slade. And then suddenly, in comes, um, in comes Beaver from the, from the wild and, and, and kicks to win it, like, you know? So, yeah. I mean, if, 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 you, if you want to win a World Cup, I mean, that's a hell of a way to do it. And that's a hell of a way... Like, I mean, if you think of the Ireland psyche at the moment, like, I'm talking fans, like... And in the quarterfinal, we lost... Sexton and let's say in between the semi-final or between the quarter-final semi-final final we lost Crowley and Jack Byrne and suddenly you have or not Jack Byrne sorry you, you lose <laughs> Ross Byrne and then suddenly you know Jack Harty or Harry Byrne or something just gets pulled in and say you're now playing in a World Cup final I mean I can't imagine the Irish psyche would be too uh how would you say positive yeah <laughs> but I mean ultimately it's about it like we said already and we touched on it already it's about a team it's about that that 23 or that 30 odd groups just saying it really doesn't matter who gets injured whoever slots in we're still getting it done because yeah. it's a habit and we know how to do it so it doesn't really matter you know if if if, if he gets injured yeah you, you don't even have time to feel for them you're just kind of like well they're gone now they can't help so next next in and it's next job yeah. you know um, it's pretty cutthroat, but like it needs to be really. Yeah, and actually, come to think for you, look back at that. So the Ireland's three defeats last year. Joey Carberry started in Paris. Not not blaming Joey Carberry. I love Joey Carberry. I think he's a great player. He started in Paris, did a fine job. Ireland fought just short. He Sexton goes off injured in Eden Park, which to be fair is a tough place to go win in anyway. And Carberry does okay, does well, but Ireland just outclassed for like half an hour. And then, sorry, they only lost twice. But then the Australia game, Johnny Sexton misses at the very last minute. And Ireland say, right, we're going to change our game a bit. We're going to play more off nine. We're going to have McCluskey took on an awful lot of ball that evening in the first half. We'll play Crowley into it. So maybe if it does happen in the quarterfinal, they have that plan up the sleeves. You don't know. But if Andy Farrell embraces chaos like as much as he says he does, then you have to take him at his value. Maybe he does have that plan that, okay, if Sexton goes down, we go to this game plan. Gibson Park goes down, we do this. You know, Furlong goes down. Finley Beatham's still a top tight head. He's very underrated. Like, Connors is the best scrum in the URC. So maybe the plan is there. Maybe you just have to 
trust them without digging deep on like 2015 where they lost like what was it five players between the French game and the Argentina game and that's just too much really at the end of the day. Uh, and I think as well like you, you said it about the France game um, you know what happened in the past like it's done yeah. you, you can't change it like it's it, it has absolutely no bearing on today like it, it's just one of those things like and it, it's, it's like any game or anything in life you know like what happened yesterday there might be a carry on because of how you feel but something that happened four years ago like if you went to Spain four years ago and had a horrible time it doesn't mean that every time you go to Spain you're going to have a horrible time like it, it just it's a, it's, it's a one off that happened you know so um, I don't think the players will kind of be sitting there going oh Jesus you know two years ago we lost here or four years ago we were three points up and suddenly lost the game. Do you know, it yeah, has no bearing. It's it's done. It's it's finished and you just move on. So um it'll be interesting to see kind of will that will that kind of thought process creep into it as well. Yeah, that's it. And so for anyone who may have skipped ahead, we think Ireland are going to win the Grand Slam. We think Ireland are going to win the World Cup and listen, we don't need to watch it over the rest of the year. That that'll do. I'm happy with that. But thanks very much for your time, Jeff. Anyway, it's been enjoyable um definitely and for anyone who is listening i will have in-depth six nations urc and champions cup articles college dependent over the next coming months and leading into the world cup and my love my life in rugby podcast will be back again with another international past international rugby player so stay tuned for more and thanks for listening sports social podcast network I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.